Am I looking at the camera? Uh, no, you don't have to. Okay, just talking. Okay. Yeah. Welcome back to La Carnita Asada. I'm your host, George Salazar. I'm here with Rosalba Valdez, a singer-songwriter from Pilsen. Uh, today we'll be eating a little village too. Oh, little village too. <laughs> today we will be eating uh, Los Comales, uh, Staple and Little Village uh, community. Uh, uh, so I kind of want to get right into it. Um, so I know you grew up in the Pilsen neighborhood. Um, our neighbors to the east. Uh, I know it's like it's not the same Pilsen that it was, you know, fifteen, you know, twenty years mm-hmm. ago. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like what you've noticed that's changed and sort of how you feel about it? Sure. Yeah. Let's. I guess dive right in. Um, well, obviously the neighborhood has been severely gentrified. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's changed significantly. I myself don't live in Pilsen anymore. I technically live in Little Village, the Marshall Square area. Okay. Um, but it's because of the same thing. It's because of rising rent prices. It's yeah. because I can't afford it, plain and simple. Um, and so of course, uh, I see it now kind of trickling down westward also moving into little village the whole gentrification thing but you know i i have faith that with the right elected officials with the right mobilization of people um we can try to avoid that yeah so so can you tell me a little bit about like what it was like growing up there yeah so i mean i grew up uh i don't know if it was the neighborhood or if it was my family or just what it was but i grew up just going like to church like from church to church From school to school, you know, from Pickard School all the way to Whittier School, from St. Pius all the way to St. Paul, um, just doing music stuff. My dad was always taking me to guitar classes wherever they offered them, so we were always just moving around. Um, after school, that's what I was doing. Guitar. Guitar. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, right now, I'm music class, because I have to take one <clears throat> uh-huh. for um, to graduate. Uh-huh. So we're learning the guitar, and I'm, I'm like, I'm terrible. Like, I'm bad. Like, it's hard, like, getting my fingers to, like, the right areas. But when mm. we played the ukulele, I would kill it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're talking a little bit about, like, gentrification in Pilsen. Like, what are your what are your thoughts when it comes to that? Do you think that it can be beneficial or you're, like, totally against it? Oh, my God. Beneficial? No. Um, I feel like uh, people think it can be beneficial. For example, yeah. one of the arguments is that it makes crime go away. But that's not true at all. Yeah. Um if you see right now, Pilsen is actually, uh, there's a lot of talk in regards to community safety and violence and all the shootings that have been happening recently. Um, and people think, or they thought at least, that with gentrification, it was moving people out of the neighborhood. Um, but obviously this didn't necessarily make all the bad things go away. And again, like the bad things in our neighborhood have root causes that have not been addressed and so when we try to cover it up by just um displacing people um it's it's not a real solution to things like that so i don't i don't think uh it's necessarily a good thing um but yeah you kind of have to go deeper into it especially when people have arguments like that yeah i sort of feel the same way about it you know i mean i i live here in little village um i'm sort of talking to ernesto and ray about it all the time like they're always explaining to me like we're sort of like little village is like the early stages of gentrification mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of like big properties that are going up for sale and people right. wanting to you know come in and people with money come in and buy and mm-hmm. sort of you know raise the property value and i feel the sort of like i feel the same way like change should come from within right like mm-hmm. i feel like it's our community so it's up to us to, to figure it out and sort mm-hmm. of change it on our own rather than have somebody come in and like save the day you know yeah exactly it's not it's not gonna happen like that um nothing is ever handed to us honestly unfortunately so we definitely have to fight for our own community. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I know you went to Whitney Young. Can you tell me a little bit, a little bit about like what it was like uh, going to school there? Yeah, so I know Ernesto um, also went to Whitney Young. I wonder what his experience was. I want to ask after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, my experience. You know what? My microphone. There you go. Okay. I didn't even notice. Oh, you're good. You're good. It was still picking recorded. It up. Yeah, yeah. You're good. That. Um, but yeah, my experience was definitely. Um, I don't know if it's if a lot of people feel the same way that I felt, but I definitely felt. Um, I don't know. I th I think every teenager goes through a hard time. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, we're teenagers, yeah. right? Um, but at the time, I was definitely, like, really involved in, like, uh, I don't know, community activism with my church, with, like, the community organization based out of that church, around immigration, around just, like, local things. I remember um, it was also, like, an election year for, like, mayor, alderman, all that stuff. Um, Chewy was actually running back then, and I was definitely like going hard for Chewy as you know this high schooler. Yeah. Um, but seeing like the segregation out in the young, like um, I feel like not everybody wants to admit it, right? Especially Whitney Young, like um, it claims diversity, like that's one of their biggest things, right? But when I was there, like I saw the segregation in that diversity. Um, so for example, like at this um at lunch like you see everybody hanging out with like their own group right like you see the white people hanging out with the white people the mexicans with the mexicans the black people with the black people um and of course like many times like it's just it's because i think it just reflects the city in itself and how segregated the city is because black people feel more comfortable with each other especially when they live in a certain area right like i was always hanging out with the people who lived around me yeah. and like after school we're taking the same train the same bus uh compared to other people who are taking other trains or other buses um so it's like that's how it was for me um and it really messed with me um with my brain so like in what way i don't know i definitely fell into like a depression i definitely had anxiety um i had a lot of anxiety and it really just stemmed from like this culture shock where i was exposed to so many just like things and really seeing how it would affect me in my own life um <clears throat> almost feeling like imposter syndrome like maybe i didn't fit in things like that so that's that's how it affected me um but yeah <laughs> um I, i've interviewed quite a quite a few people that, that went to whitney young mm -hmm. and i always ask that same question like the culture shock yeah. um and it's always sort of like the same story like they only really hung out with like their group of people like yeah. the latinos only hung out with the latinos Mm -hmm. I, I can relate to that because like in my school it's it's majority black mm. so it's like all the black kids hang out together and like i mean it's like the latinos we have like a small group like mm. an auditorium like in our own little section yeah. we're always just like by ourselves and i feel like that's sort of bullshit in a way like right we need to figure out how to like unite and come together yeah exactly um and i feel like maybe there were like you know like the different groups or like the people who talk to each other regardless right because you know you you still have classes where maybe you're not with like your friends stuff like that but it just i again it's like a reflection yeah. of the city in itself and how segregated the city is and that just translates into every other area and it's really up to us to be conscious of that, to educate ourselves and educate each other when we figure these things out <laughs> and be like, hey, like, let's build these, you know, cross race, whatever, um, gender collaborations and connections, because if not, like, it's going to continue. 
like that. So you talk a little bit about like anxiety or like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can I can relate to that too. Um, like sort of like who's getting cold? Huh? Oh yeah, go ahead, eat. Feel free, feel free. No, to eat. you keep talking. Yeah, I just want to ask you like, what are some ways like you sort of deal with that? Like maybe like I mean I know you deal with it differently now, but like mm-hmm. when you were younger, how would you deal with that? Because I sort of struggle with the same thing. Man. I didn't deal with it. Oh, shit. Um, there were times where I was going to the hospital because I really thought I was dying, but it was just an anxiety or panic attack that I was having. Um, I remember my parents taking me and yeah. being so worried. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know um, what more can be done than like seeking things like therapy. Um, because there are so many issues, I think, that uh, go into everybody's individual experience and individual battles. Like, for example, my anxiety. Things like doing my homework and just doing schoolwork in general were never things that I was worried about. All of a sudden, I go to Whitney Young and I feel like I don't have the proper tools to do yeah. my work. Things like having a laptop. Like, I didn't have a laptop my freshman, sophomore year. Um, and again, that's because I come from like a low income family and things like that. So it's like, I think, I think things like that were things that contributed to my anxiety. Um, and just like my feelings of imposter syndrome, whatever, but just like understanding that now, um, I see that like, there's really not much that I could have done for myself. Um, my parents tried their hardest also, but in general, like society as a society, I think we need to take better care of each other, especially for like the people who have been historically disenfranchised, um, disinvested in. So, oh, yeah. uh, so I know you went to, to UIC. Uh, what would you major in there, and why UIC? Um, I majored in marketing, and why? Because it's the only school I applied to. Um, like, was that like where you were not planning to go to school, or what was that? No, I knew I wanted to go to school, um, but. I don't know. I almost applied to DePaul too, but it was the most affordable option for me. Okay. And again, like the whole imposter syndrome thing, like I didn't feel like I could get into Harvard. I didn't feel like I could get into other schools, even though I think now I look back and it's like, I've always been, you know, pretty, pretty okay. I think I don't want to say I was smart, (laughs) but (laughs) I think I'm, you know, capable. Um, But you know, I also did not have, um, and it's like, I don't want to like victimize myself, quote unquote, right? But I didn't have people telling me go to college. Like my parents did not tell me to go to college. Um, I remember even talking to like a counselor at school. And it was also like around the time when I was going through like the anxiety, depression. Um, so it, it's the only school I applied to. And it's like the next week I got the Uh, approval uh the award whatever um the acceptance letter but i yeah no it's like sometimes i remember my freshman year of college i was like man i should have applied to more schools this and that um but then i got over that because honestly there's no point in looking back except forward and just learning from you know your past. So. so you talk a little about like how your dad used to take you uh, to like guitar lessons mm-hmm. after school. So that I'm kind of getting that's how like the love for music started to come around. Yeah. Uh, through college, did you sort of know like, hey, this is what I want to do? 
and like i'm just gonna go for it mm -hmm. um and like was the love there right away or did you sort of like just was it just something that was natural no man the love has always been there it's like since i started playing guitar learning guitar when i was like five right mm -hmm. so when i was five i was really into it and after that like i kept being encouraged by my dad yeah. specifically um and then by community in general right like going to these different churches and different places to learn guitar and music of course i don't want to say i was naturally talented but because i was so invested in it i was learning at a you know good good pace so people would encourage me and i think that's what really um kept pushing me and then like obviously music for a lot of people is a passion even if you don't necessarily play an instrument or sing or anything like that just listening to music in itself is such an escape and form of expression so um when i started college i started as a political science major because i thought oh i want to change the world i'm going to be a lawyer or a lobbyist or something right um along those lines to i don't know do something <clears throat> in regards to like politics yeah but it was also because I felt like the societal pressure that like, oh, I need to go to college and follow like a specific path. I didn't feel like music was something I could really pursue, um, even though I was still doing it. I was still gigging. I was in in a bunch of bands, like just backing bands up and things like that um, as a guitar player, right? Playing at like bars, playing festivals, things like that. So even though I was doing it, I never felt like I could, not never, but at the time, I felt like I had to pursue a degree and do like, I don't know, something proper. Um, but then like, I think sophomore year, I that kind of changed. And You're I just was like, like, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna go for it. Like, let me change my major to marketing. That'll be more helpful mm -hmm. for, you know, music, anything music related. And then if it's not helpful for that, I guess it could be like a uh, what do you call it safety yeah. degree or something so was there like immediate support from like your peers and your parents or sort of like Miha go to school to to do something like that for sure thing yeah oh, man I don't I don't want to say again that like nobody was telling me what to do but nobody was really telling yeah, yeah. me what to do or not to do okay so really it's just been me figuring this out and being like well what is it that I want to do like I took this like passion test like from a book like what is it that i want to do like what, how do i see myself in five years what do i really want to do in five years not just how do i see myself because of what i think i'm capable of yeah. um and so after doing that i was like this is what i want to do like i want to do music like um and i tried it and so far it's been i don't know going well so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah but that's that's how it's happened so far so like I mean, there's a lot of like betting on yourself there right like pretty much yeah it's, it's, it's sort of the same i mean i play baseball so it's sort of like the mm. same thing right like you you got to dream it and a lot of people you know might might even think it's crazy or like oh you'll never make it or it's impossible or it's super hard mm -hmm. uh do you ever deal with like self-doubt or are you always like i got it mm, definitely um but you know what i don't deal with as much self-doubt as i used to and i feel like I'm in a better position to handle it now also how do you how do you deal with that like how do you when you when you catch yourself having those negative moments those negative thoughts like what do you do to like snap you back into like nah fuck that i got it you know first of all i definitely surround myself with people who with people who are supportive of what i'm trying to achieve um i know like five years ago i didn't necessarily feel like 
I was supported by people who were like really like, oh yeah, you got this Rosal, but like, oh, you want to do something with music? Um, like let's we'll support you however we can. Um, but now I definitely feel like, you know, whenever I have doubt, like about anything, um, I talk to friends, I talk to people who I just know are going to support me. I also have a therapist, which I think helps, um, which also took time to find the right therapist. But, you know, I think that's like the biggest thing for me. How How is that? Like having a therapist? Because my sort of like, like thoughts on it, like maybe it's like, you know, just growing up like as a, as a, you know, as a guy and, you know, your dad telling you or your mom telling you like, no, you're just like, you're, you're a boy, you know, like, it's kind of hard for me to be like, hey, I'm gonna go talk to somebody about my feelings. And, you know, I mean, who knows what you do, like cry or whatever, like pay somebody to hear me out. Like, was it hard for you to sort of like, hey, I'm gonna go get a therapist or it was it was pretty like an easy decision? Um, for me, it was an easy decision because for me, I just always, I've always been trying to figure out like how to deal with my anxiety, depression, right? Like since high school, I was like, I need help. And something I realized is that you, sometimes like when you're in that position, you just cannot help yourself. You need other people. Um, and that other people doesn't necessarily have to be your parents doesn't have to be your siblings or even your friend like it can be a stranger um and like these people are supposed to be professionals at least right like um taking into account like cultural differences spanish uh, i mean language barriers things like that right but in this world and society in general like you need other people and i think that many times we i mean i know that like it's taboo sometimes but that's what I keep trying to like push to people. Like we need each other. Like nothing can be done by ourselves. Like if we were just, if it was just like one person on this world, I don't know if we'd be able to survive. Um, so I don't know. No, no, that, that makes sense. Even you know? with like mental health related stuff. Like even, even listening to you right now, I'm just gotta be, you know, like it's like, it's like kind of going for me in my head right now. Like, you know, sometimes it's okay to talk to somebody. Like mm -hmm. you can't just put everything on you, on you and you have to, yeah, like, you need yeah. others to help figure it out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to talk about your song, uh, Lucha de Familias. Uh, it's, you know, it's close to home, you know, Little Village being uh, home to so many immigrants. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about the song, you know, how, how you came up with it? And, and mm -hmm. I want to know a little bit about the music video as well. Yeah, so the song, um, well, it really just came about because, first of all, I grew up in this activist environment too, which, you know, has always reminded me, like, there's a lot at stake in our world. Um, it's literally people's lives, like, politics isn't everything um and so this song came about because my church um was coming out with a bill called right to family that they were yeah. trying to get passed and basically advocating for um protection from deportation for immigrants in the u.s sorry very good and so sorry Are you um, can take your time relax sorry it's like i just got tired I'm no, you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> i'm like also trying to eat and then but yeah um so it came about because my church came out with this bill and we needed like a campaign song and so the song lucha de familias was supposed to be just like showing different um experiences of immigrants yeah and so <clears throat> i wrote 
you know, I wrote it like from different perspectives. Like I think the first verse is like from the perspective of somebody who came here when they were like six years old, I think. I need to go over the lyrics just to make sure that that's true. Um, I think like the second verse says something about somebody who came here right um, like a month too late to make the cut for DACA and be a DACA recipient. So they didn't make it, but they could have been a DACA recipient and, you know, protected Mm -hmm. from deportation if they had just been here one month earlier. So just trying to show like the injustices in our um, system currently, um, but also at the same time, it's a call to action for Mexicans, but Latinos and people in general to stand up for human rights. So you sort of you like talking about like, you know, taking action through the music or something mm-hmm. like, like sort of poetry in a way. Um, I just yesterday, literally in class, uh, I was just reading a poem from uh, by Langston Hughes. Um, our teacher gave it to us and it's sort of about like, you know, I forgot what, the, what it's called. Or it's called I too or something like that, you know, and sort of like in that poem, like we broke it down mm-hmm. and it's like Langston Hughes sort of taking, taking in like a, like a stand, you know, mm-hmm. like talking, I don't want to break down the poem on here, but like taking a stand towards, towards um, African-American racism in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that sort of like something that you always wanted to do? Like you wanted to be an activist through music or is it something that just like came about? I don't think I necessarily wanted to. Yeah. I felt like I needed to. Um, I wish... Um, I didn't feel this need to, um, and maybe it's not a need, maybe it's just a want, right? But I guess it's like this want to change the world or to make a better world over the future to, I don't know, build coalitions or, I don't know. I just, I think, I think it's because of myself also, like, you know, thinking of my younger self, thinking of the people around me and like seeing people suffer because of unjust laws. I mean, at a certain point, like when you're surrounded by that, like it it hits you. Um, And it's like, again, you either do nothing about it and everything stays the same or you try to do something. And for me, it was like music was always there for me. And growing up like and playing at certain events like fundraisers or whatever it might be, especially around like the cause of immigration. and just seeing like people's reaction to my songs and music and seeing how it like i don't know just how does that people. feel how does that feel i mean it feels powerful it's like music is powerful and then like for me to be like man like i have power with this yeah um i have a voice with this like i can reach a lot more people through this than maybe just me screaming on the street like yo there's something going on like pay attention to me um, I feel like with this, like I can give people more calls to action or make what I've heard before is like making the movement. I don't know if it's attractive, but like making the movement cool. Um, and it's like, I think that's like what the artist's role is supposed to be in the revolution. So that's, I guess, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> All right, that's actually really <laughs> as, cool. That's funny or I don't know. No, that it, sounds. I feel like that's. I mean, not exactly the same mm-hmm. goal, but here at, you know, Urban Warriors, um, we sort of try to do the same thing, you know, whether it's like working with the youth or, or working with small businesses, we're trying to, you know, make differences. Well, actually why we do this podcast, you mm-hmm. know, um, and it's why it's run by young people. 
so we can show you know other young people out there in the in, in different communities that like you know we mm-hmm. we need to take action as young people and, and sort of shape the world that like how we want it to be when we get older mm-hmm. yeah because all the you know older people that may have made horrible decisions for us um or maybe are just really mean and like evil or racist or whatever it might be um they're not going to be here that much longer so yeah. it's really up to us exactly to figure these things out uh so i want to sort of like you know track your progression as an artist a little bit mm-hmm. um you know i've been in situations like again in english class where i have to like try to write a poem or come up with something on my own and i just i can't you know i'm sitting there mm-hmm. looking at the piece of paper like shit you know I could imagine it might it might have been hard at first for you, like, you know, sort of come up with songs or was it something that like came really, really quick and easy? Mm. <laughs> I remember writing my first song when I was in first grade. For oh, sure. shit. <laughs> so I don't know how hard it's been, but I'm also very imaginative and creative. And I read a lot of books growing up. So I feel like that really helped with my imagination. Like, I just I don't know if maybe that it was that or something else. So like there wasn't much struggle there. I don't want to say there was much sugar, struggle, um, but, you know, maybe like during the pandemic, it was definitely hard, but I feel like if maybe I sat down to try to do it, I it would have done better. I don't know. I feel like for me, it's like, even if I can't tell like my own experience, I can always try to put myself in someone else's shoes. So it's like sometimes I don't want to talk about my my experiences, like my personal battles or anything like that, right? Like, what? like why is that? Um, I don't know because you put yourself in a very vulnerable situation. So I feel like for me, sometimes it's easier to write about other people's situations and put myself in their shoes. Um, so I've I feel like I've done that with a lot of my music actually. Um, and you know I'm kind of moving into a space where I'm not doing that as much as especially with like my new projects yeah. i'm trying to write more so from my perspective and a lot of the songs that are from my perspective um i don't know if i'll ever release especially like the ones from like five years ago because they're very angsty like yeah. angst um you know they definitely show my anxiety but i'm in a different space now so i don't know if they really fit with me maybe i'll put them up on like on soundcloud or something but yeah we'll see I mean- <laughs> but who knows right like it'd be pretty cool to like release something like that sort of like track your own progression like i was there Mm -hmm. you know uh, a couple years ago and you know maybe people see that and then this year you are now it's sort of inspiring in a way you know yeah i'm the same way like i even i have lots of talks to ernesto about it like it's hard for me to to put myself in vulnerable situations Mm -hmm. to like speak about myself from my own experiences i had a it's something i had to actually work on you know to to do this you know because how comfortable would you be like if I'm over here just asking about you and not really sharing about myself? Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. No, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm doing too much or no, no, you're talking good, you're too good. much sad stuff. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, uh, so now you're getting booked more and more. Um, and I know you've done some big festivals. Um, like, how was it doing like that first big festival? Hmm. And what was it, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, I've done a couple. I don't know which one would count as like the first big, big one. Um, for sure, like Ruido Fest, I think pops up, and that I think has been the biggest stage that yeah. I've been on. Um, but the first like festival that I did was Mole de Mayo in Pilsen, so that felt like I was just like at home. You know, this is like my neighborhood. Um, I know like the festival. I've been at the festival before, things like that. So it was very um, 
first of all, definitely nerve wracking, um, but more so because of all the back end stuff, not so much because of the performance itself, but because of, you know, having to actually prepare yeah. with the band and rehearse and things like that, and then coordinate around different schedules. So that's really what usually makes me more nervous um, instead of the actual perform performance itself. But even like with the performance, like I've noticed that every time I really, really prepare, like that's usually, that usually makes me feel a lot just better. a lot more confident. And when I'm up there, it's like easier to talk to people. Um, but yeah, I mean, those performances, I mean, they were amazing. Like, but I definitely felt, I think at the time for both performances, like, you know what, like this, there's more to come. Like, and I need to, I don't know, I don't want to say up my game, but yeah. I felt like, not that I could do better, but like all of a sudden I wanted more. I don't know if that makes sense. No, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you, there's not really like much nerves that go into like when you're performing. Like, I know personally, if I had to stand up there in front of a, a bunch of people, you know, I'd be pretty, pretty nerve, pretty nervous. You know what? Maybe like right before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like once you're on, it's like it all goes away, right? I feel like, man, because I all of a sudden I have to focus. I have to focus on hitting the pitch and like doing oh, this, shit. doing that. So it's like all of a sudden it's like there's no room there's no or time space to be nervous, to yeah, be nervous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the same so, way yeah, yeah yeah like before a game i'm like i got butterflies you know and then <laughs> you step in the box like you catch a ball and it's like all right like i'm here let's go yeah you know? exactly right like you can't even think about other people it's like i'm just like i'm just dancing too and stuff out yeah, up there so it's like fun. you know it feels like just a fun time sometimes it's so. good um so I'm, I'm you know like in the early stages you could say of like starting out like my baseball career and nice, you know it's a awesome. it's a path that i'm like like I said, I'm betting on myself, and I'm just like, let's do it. You know, 100%, I'm in. What grade are you? Uh, I'm a senior in high school. Oh, you're a senior. Yeah, okay. I just actually turned 18 Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah, so now Happy me and birthday. Thank you. So now me and Ernesto are gonna are finally, finally going to fight. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about, like, marketing. Like, I took a look at your uh, Instagram, and it's, mm -hmm. like, it's on point. And I'm always I talking, I'm always talking, uh, you know, Ernesto or Ray, like, about how to market myself properly and. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to do that. So like what's some advice you would give to myself or anybody else out there that's trying to figure out how to do that? You know what? I feel like <clears throat> a lot of people um, would tell you like, oh, you need like brand guidelines and you should figure out like what are your, your three pillars and whatnot for your content and just your brand in general, right? Like like think of like themes, like if you want to be posting on Instagram, right? Yeah. Um, It'd be baseball, maybe think of two other things or maybe sub pillars or something like that. But honestly, I would just say that. So like by pillars, you mean like, what do you mean by that? Like by pillars? Like themes. Okay. Um, so think of like three things that you always want to like touch on, you know, like on every post, like on Instagram or TikTok, whatever. Right. Um, but I feel like everything's changing so much and people are just like really just craving authenticity yeah. all the time. And also attention spans are really short. Um, I think it's like people make up their mind like within 0 0.8 seconds, sure. whether they want to look at a post or not, like that's less than a second. And like, if they don't like it, they just scroll. And it's true. I mean, I do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like keeping that in mind, but also like just, I don't know. I mean, if you're doing cool stuff, I would just say always Take a picture or some video, put it out there. Like, even if it's not perfect, 
I think that in itself like shows your consistency. Um, not just like for social media and like cloud and stuff like that, but like, you know, for the people who are actually going to be your supporters, because out of the thousands of followers that you can have, like it's the handful, you know, like that real. really engage and like, you know, really like your story. I think that make it for you. So, um, so I want to talk about, I want to bring it back to, you know, the hood and little village. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that, you know, you're, you're quite involved. I would say, I mean, personally, I think, um, what are some ways you think like younger people like myself can get involved in the neighborhood and sort of help out? I mean, I would say you can start, um, I mean, I don't know if your school has any organizations or anything like that, but like you can start with like a local organization. Um, I think even like just sending an email, like nowadays you can reach out to organizations on online on their social media, like hey like when's the next event or when's the next volunteering opportunity right like and of course like this isn't just like something you can do and then like forget about it right like you can always like continue doing it you can even do it as often enough to put it on your resume right especially for young people who are you know just going to college or just about to start looking for jobs things like that right so it's like you know i think there's benefits to helping your community also you know in terms of like your own career mm -hmm. so like if you want to do something like be involved like look for a local organization that really resonates with you um like if there's something related to sports right like maybe like teaching kids sports or something yeah. right like if you really you know care and want to be involved and i think everyone should because yeah you know it doesn't just help other people but it does help yourself too mm -hmm. and just like the society in general and the environment the community right um but yeah i think that's 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 one way so uh so i just want to what's what's next for you like what what do you got you got any plans in the making or anything like that yeah so what's next for me man there's already some some cool stuff booked for the summer <coughs> just some festivals right yeah. um but aside from that i'm working on my own project um uh, an album that i want to release next year um it's definitely always a lot of work and usually i'd be like oh like let me try to do it by the summer but I'm not going to do that to myself because yeah. I wanted to sound good. Um, so I'm working on that and hopefully it'll be like 10, 11 songs. Um, this time I want to include more love songs. Okay. Um, I don't want to sound corny, but I don't know. I'm just in that stage in my life where I want to write like 50s, 60s style. Like, I don't know if you've heard like things like Piel Canela, like okay. that type of song. Um like 50s, 60s Mexican music, okay. like ballads. Um, what else? What else? I don't know. Stuff like that. So. All right, that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm sorry. We're going to start wrapping up. But, you know, one thing I like to do here on the show is sort of like tell you something that I took away from our conversation or something oh, that okay. I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I'm, I'm grateful that, we, that you came and that we had this conversation. You know, I got to learn a lot about you. Um, from what I've learned is, you know, you're a very strong individual and very passionate and kind. You're very giving, you know, mm -hmm. you're talking about a lot, how we, how we need each other. And, and I think that's really important. And I like how, like even talking about yourself, I can see how you you're progressing in your life. Right. Sort of talking about <laughs> through high school, like you were like this shy anxiety, depression, Definitely. you know, and like now, like, you know, you're glowing, you're, you're putting music out there. Mm -hmm. You're even putting yourself in a vulnerable situation telling oh, me that, right? Very. Like, you know, um, and you're not ashamed of it, which is no, always, no. it's always really good to see, you know? So, you know, just thank you for everything that you do. And I'm, I'm truly grateful for this conversation. Dos Alba. 
Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate you for appreciating and thank you for having me really for, uh, sure. for also sharing your story, yeah, yeah. And, you know, your comments, your feedback, all of it. So, yeah. So before we leave, uh, I do want to hear you play your guitar a little bit, if you don't okay, mind. Sure. Uh, Hopefully, I don't have cilantro on my teeth. Okay. <laughs> right, I'm gonna do Lucha de Familias. This is my, you know, most recent great damn uh i'm fucking speechless i'm not gonna lie to you all right when you first started singing i was like oh shit she does this for real <laughs> um that out of tune <laughs> uh thank you rosalba it's been real um and i'll see you guys next time yay thank you